ops, and a little bit of paranoia. Welcome to the Iron Sysadmin Podcast. Welcome, folks, to this day before, day before Christmas episode of the Iron Sysadmin Podcast. I'm your host, Nate, and I'm joined tonight by the one and only Uncle Mark. Not a real holiday. Christmas Eve is barely a holiday. It's totally a holiday. This is this is not a holiday. It should be a I'm holiday. Listen, for the number of people I normally deal with at work that were not there today, it may as well have been a holiday. I'm not saying that. <laughs> that might very well be true, but today is not really a holiday. Christmas Adam, J. Scar says, because Adam came before Eve. Was that it? Ugh, that's terrible. <laughs> yep. Ugh. Oh, just just oh. terrible. Okay, so tonight on this Christmas Adam, <laughs> Mark night, and I... On this night, on this very Christmas night. Yes. Orchestra. You know, neither of us put that in our chat. We're going to, but we're absolutely going to talk about it, I guarantee. Ah, <laughs> uh, fantastic. <laughs> anyway, um, we're going to talk tonight about, well, I'm going to start off by talking about VR because it's a fun thing. Which I'm, I am, I've only been dealing, I've only been into VR, quote unquote, into VR for about, I don't know, six months or so? Something like. Maybe less, right? And I am just, every time I put on that headset, I am amazed. You got the headset, you picked that up in the summer, right? Yep. When you guys yeah, came, for, when you guys came for the barbecue. Yeah, yeah, right. That was July. Right? Was that the event? And then, where yep. You, where you grabbed yep. the headset? Okay. And then a couple months went by before I bought the controllers and the... So sensors. you've really so just done, v- like two you've done VR for like a quarter. Yeah, not even half a year. If I'm going to talk like a work person. If you're going to talk like, like a, a work quarter. person. It's the end of quarter. I'm going to have to put in all my most, VR sales numbers or something. Most important quarter ever. Yeah. Most important. Yeah, the VR quarter. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, Twitch looks good. I agree, J-Scar. Um, there's, and then there's this announcement that came a couple months ago now from the android himself, Mark Zuckerberg, about his vision for the metaverse. What do humans like? Humans like barbecue sauce. Right. I will put barbecue <laughs> sauce on my bookshelf. Maybe I will fool the humans. Weird. That was weird. It is crappy barbecue <laughs> sauce, but oh, since I'm like, a robot, like sweet baby I don't Ray's know or that. Something? Sweet Baby Ray's is all right, but if I'm Mark freaking Zuckerberg, you're not using I'm, Sweet Baby Ray's. I'm going to use something a little more high class than Sweet Baby I, Ray's. I right? know, so I know you one thing. That, you grab that a giant on sale. One thing, one thing about Sweet Baby Ray's is that it is gluten free, and I only know that because we have a a relative that is gluten intolerant and every time we do a barbecue that she's going to be here we have to use something that is gluten free so maybe mark zuckerberg is also gluten intolerant and that's why <laughs> robots cannot right? tolerate gluten <laughs> must be gluten free so anyway um i've got feelings we've touched about this before on the show but i i told i said then that we would probably have an upcoming show where we talked about the concept of the metaverse and virtual worlds and online worlds, and uh, that's going to start tonight. I think this may be a series, maybe not back-to-back series, but I think we're going to revisit this topic a few times, especially the way, as the space evolves. Yeah, the way that we jibber jabber and go down rabbit holes, I have absolutely no doubt. And well, I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, I have a very optimistic uh, outline in the show notes. <laughs> I saw, and your outline looks good. 
It's very optimistic. By the way, this is a total coincidence that I'm wearing my Dungeon Master hoodie. Did not did not take that into account when I put this on this morning that we would talk about the metaverse. But I think it's kind of appropriate. Sure, kind of appropriate. User-created virtual worlds, very Dungeon Master-y. Yeah. So, um, first, I, I kind of just wanted the to... VR. To reminisce very slightly about just, like, where the VR space has gone in my lifetime. Like, I remember when I was a kid... And and this is going to make me sound young to you, Mark. I'm sure because the the movie Lawnmower Man was like what a mid '90s, early '90s movie, something like based nothing at all on the Stephen King story named The Lawnmower Man. Yeah, right. But I remember that movie, and I remember that was like the first thing I can remember in my life that referenced virtual reality. I also remember in maybe the same time frame watching like. Discovery specials, Discovery Channel specials, when they still talked about science on the Discovery Channel, um, about computer animation and 3D rendering and how it was such a difficult problem to solve. At the time, when we're dealing with 486s, right, we didn't have... It was a difficult problem to solve. It was a difficult problem. Not only the processing power, but I remember them talking about just like interactions between objects, right? Like when an object collides with another one, there's a whole bunch of chaos involved there. And the computers of the time couldn't figure out chaos because they're all about... Too much math. Yeah, there's you're right. Too much it's math. Too much, too much to deal with. Um, but anyway, I've already gone down a rabbit hole. We're, there we go, right down the rabbit hole. Anyway, um, yeah, start hopping along. We need little rabbit ears to put on. Anyway, um, so, you know, that was, that was like 30 years ago, right? That sounds like a long time, but it's also not yeah. really a long time when you think about like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll call it. We could call it that. Sure, why not? Listen, if you say it's a long time, then I have to start admitting. Long, long time I'm, ago. That I'm getting older. I can but, still remember when the computers used to make you smile. Anyway. <laughs> so anyway, at that time, virtual reality was very much science fiction. It was in a movie, right? There may have been some kind of prototype virtual reality stuff. I remember reading books and tinkering with with programs that were all about quote unquote VR, but they were really just like simulators, kind of like first person shooters are today, right? There wasn't goggles you'd strap on. There wasn't motion tracking. There wasn't the goggles. They do nothing. The goggles. They do nothing. Um, and then there oh, was my eyes. Then in like what was it? The late nineties, probably the Virtual Boy. Remember the Virtual Boy? Well, that's my profile picture right. on my Red Hat. Google profile is me with my friend John from Merck's Virtual Boy. He brought it into work one day. Right. And it and I he, yeah, he snapped a picture of, of me staring over it in the conference room. It's one of my favorite pictures of myself ever because it's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean the Virtual Boy was neat. I had a friend that had one. I don't remember if I ever even played I, a game on it to I think be it honest. Had half a, I think it had about a half a dozen games. It was a it was a ridiculous commercial flop. Oh yeah. I can absolutely say that for yeah. sure. And you know, that's what they were dubbing that as like VR of the time, mainly because it was kind of immersive. It would. It know. was VR at the time. Yeah, it, it was right. just friggin peep. Some technologies are just ahead of their time. Yeah. Uh, think of Apple when they released the Newton. People laughed at the Newton, but that thing was really kind of cool. But its reach, uh, in the the. Is it the reach has exceeded its grasp? Is that is that the expression? Like what they were trying to do with it, the tech just was overwhelmed and, and couldn't handle. But the idea of, of it could do handwriting recognition, right? And it was that personal digital assistant you carry around with you. I mean, 
the the Newton is what led to the a lot of the concepts on that's what's led to smartphones. Yep, and then the and Palm Pilot. Spe- yeah, and what's funny is the Apple Watch when you do writing mode in that, like when you're responding to a text by scribbling, it's pretty much the same alphabet that was on the Newton. It's really cool. So right, so so often the first attempts at stuff are ridiculously dumb or are right. I think we've I think we've relabeled that to being a tech demo. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So the virtual boy was a tech demo that, 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 hit the, intent, yeah. that hit the shelves at Walmart and people actually bought and then were yeah. disappointed with. And yeah. Uh, yeah. I wonder what ever happened. If I, I wonder if my friend still has... Well, unfortunately, that's the friend that I've talked about that passed away when he was relatively young. I wonder if his family still has the virtual boy or if it just got thrown away in a dumpster somewhere. That would be a shame. It probably got dumpstered. I, I hate to say that, but... It would be a shame. I'll have to reach out would, to his sister. That's the kind of thing that would be dumpstered. Because that'd be awesome. Just to... Just to well, I mean, you've seen one recently in person, apparently, at least five years ago. Uh, back at Merck. Yeah. So anyway, let's call that the early 2000s. We'll get out the, the Peter Cottontail theme song. Sometime sometime between 2004 <laughs> and 2015. So um, anyway, um, right. So the Virtual Boy was kind of like the first consumer-grade virtualization, or not virtualization, VR. Virtual reality device. Virtual VR. reality device that I can remember, right? At least that was... That was something that you could just buy and bring home. The average person could, right? I'm sure that there was some lab somewhere so, that had cool so, VR so, set up. So, so hang on a second. Uh huh. Let's 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 stop. What would you? How do you define virtual reality? Because that itself can be a little bit of a tricky situation. Yeah, I mean, I guess in my mind, I picture virtual reality as the thing that we have today which is consumer grade goggles you strap on and you can explore a virtual world in a way that feels immersive, right? Okay. Do you have a different definition? So yeah, let's get a little more generic. Okay. I'm going to say virtual reality is any technology that fools your monkey brain into believing something that's not real is real. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you could say that. And that's kind of what I described, I think. That and there's different ways to do that. So so uh yeah, and Josh kind of is pointing something out here. There's augmented reality is I would say can, that would be like a subspecies of virtual reality. That's fooling your monkey brain and what most people know is augmented reality that they've had experience with is Pokemon Go. Yeah. Where where the Pokemon look like they're standing in the city park because you've got your camera on and it's overlaying onto it. But the idea of uh the idea of augmenting reality, uh holographic projection would be a form of augmented reality, yeah. I would argue. Yeah. You're 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 when you go to uh some of the newer attractions in Disney, the faces and stuff and some of the features on the animatronics are actually projection technology. They're not they're not just robots, but but the faces are done with, with projection because it, it's it's a more realistic looking experience. So so an overlay on top of reality is a form, I would say, a subset of virtual reality. Now there's also augmented reality like um there was a game that preceded uh 
Pokemon Go. Actually, Pokemon Go was Pokemon Go is the same to the same tech as the game. Uh, and I remember that I played the game briefly. Ingress. There were others that read it. Ingress, yeah. yeah. Same company, same tech, same same background database and, of locations and stuff, right? Yeah. Um, and, made and by that Niantic, did, right? But that wasn't that wasn't necessarily about catching Pokemon no. or, or or the camera piece. But the idea was you played the game in the right. real world, yeah. but there was this other dimension that you pretended was. Yeah, there was, was no. Like, there was no camera involved. There was no overlaying on top of visual, right? It yeah. was, you went to a location and it was, your phone was called a scanner, right? That's yeah. how they immersed you into it. Right. Um, it, but you could see things that weren't really there based on your location. And it was kind of cool, right? It felt very, um, yeah. But anyway, that's another AR game, right? So it doesn't necessarily have to overlay on top of visual reality. It just has to make you feel as though, right. But you your know. monkey, but your monkey brain could believe that you were scanning energy fields and devices that were cloaked or whatever, and that you were you were having an impact on reality. Right. Because I, I agree with you today, Nate, that when people think VR, they think the goggles. But you know, a lot of us who are nerds, our original virtual reality is something we still don't have yet. And that's the holodeck, which has always been part of the Star Trek mythology yep. and was not really presentable. There were holodecks in the universe of the old series, but they never really showed them. You really first saw the holodeck in Next Generation yep. because you could do special effect budgets that were reasonable at that point. Right, right. And I think that whenever, I mean, that's always like, I that's always like my expression. When there's a game or a virtual reality experience that is this all encompassing thing. I'll just, Oh, it's like being on the holodeck and the, and the one that's closest for me is no man's sky. Yeah. Because it's not like an on the rails thing. It's not, it's not like, Oh, I'm playing a shooter game, but I'm stuck in one place. And it's very clearly a game like beat Saber is not the holodeck. Beat have Saber, you, have you, yeah. maybe you can't yet. I don't know if you have the hardware for it. Uh, have you tried half-life Alex? Oh yeah, I've played Half Life Alex. I didn't know That's if it worked with the controllers. I didn't. I yeah, didn't know if works, you had to have the works. index controllers because of the you don't need, tracking. You don't need the index. I got stuck on a puzzle and got irritated because I was trying to not look up hints. So I haven't played Alex in a little bit. Okay, I, I played you like an like an hour of it once I got the new machine that I'm on because now I have a machine that will run it at a decent frame rate. Um, and that that game to me is like I was playing it. And I could literally feel my heart rate going up because of the scare factor that was in it, like the the tension factor of being oh, yeah. in a first person shooter. Where even though I'm using the teleport thing to move around because I have to, because VR messes with my equilibrium, equilibrium gives me motion sickness if I don't do sure. teleport movement. Um, so that obviously is not anything like real life, uh, where you know a smooth movement or natural movement is more like real life, even though you're not physically walking. But you, your brain can turn that off. And make you feel yeah. like you're actually standing in the Half-Life universe. And there are zombie mutant creatures everywhere. And um, it's pretty crazy. And it's close enough to real life that you, you don't have the same disconnect that you do with No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky is awesome, don't get me wrong. But that disconnect that you were talking about that made you maybe feel like it was more believable because it's so different than real life 
that you well, put yourself into like I'm now this other thing, this other person, right? Yeah. Uh, and and actually it's kind of funny because and again I'm talking about my experiences. Yeah. And a, a VR experience to me it doesn't have to be hyper realistic. Like my stupid monkey brain um when I use MC Parks, which for those, for our listeners who don't know what that is, MC Parks is a group that have spent five years reconstructing various theme parks, mostly the Disney properties, but also Orlando Studios. They've been constructing one-for-one versions of these theme parks using Minecraft, and they have texture packs and everything else, and they have an audio server that's web-based. So you log into the MC Park server and then you click a link to start up the audio server. So when you go on certain attractions, you're hearing the audio from the attractions. Pretty crazy. The the, mu- the music, the sound effects, and even some some background noise because when they captured them, there were other guests. Well, they have a fireworks show every night, Happily Ever After, which I've seen in the real world. And I personally find it a very moving fireworks show. It's fireworks plus holographic projection plus music. And it's got this very cool story-like progression yeah. around all sorts of themes. It's a great show. And I'm, I'm, I'm not embarrassed to say it. I often choke up with it. Well, VR in Minecraft on that park, when I watch that fireworks show, even though, I, even though everything's in blocks, my brain has the same emotional reactions as if I'm there in real life. And that's that, that to me tells me that the virtual experience is something that it's real enough that I'm fooled. Even especially if I don't, if I don't think about it too much, even though you're standing in a Lego version of the, even though I'm standing a Lego version of Disney parks, the, the, the muse that's because sound is obviously very powerful, right? Right. The sound, the music, and my brain remember, like, because the fireworks show, they they have it perfect. Like, the dudes who built it, a lot of them are Disney cast members, right? Mm. So they know every single rocket that goes off. They, they've, they've analyzed the, the recordings of it, and they get it down to a T. And it's proof that you don't need to have photorealistic stuff to fool right. your brain right. that a virtual experience is actually... Who's to say it's not a real and valid experience? You know, um, uh, yeah. No, I, I I agree with you. I don't I I don't know how much we want to just talk about VR itself tonight. Yeah, well, this we is all very relevant. Metaverse. This is all this very is, relevant. This is, because, this is foundational. Because the other thing I want to talk about later is defining what the hell a metaverse is versus what we've already got today. Right. Right. So this is this all sort of helps rope into that. So um, on that note. Why don't we go ahead and just dive into this whole metaverse concept? Now, the term metaverse, as far as I know and as far as I've been able to research, was basically coined in the novel Snow Crash. It wasn't a pretty picture. <laughs> I haven't read the novel. Um, I want to now that now that uh, I've been diving more into what is a metaverse and um, whatever. Yeah, um, it, I've the, read Neuromancer, but I'm embarrassed yes. to say I've never read Snow Crash. I've I've read Neuromancer. I have not read Snow Crash, but Snow Crash is definitely. A thing that I want to either get the audio book like and start listening to it, or I can read it. At this point, huh? Why is that? We should just we should just delete the podcast at this point because neither of us have read Snow Crash. Right? Yeah, it's like we've lost all of our cred, or all of our, our nerd cred. Is that it? Anyway, uh, my point is that apparently that book is like this dystopian thing where the metaverse is not a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. So it's really weird that metaverse is the the word. <laughs> 
<laughs> that Zuckerberg is tying to his venture. But we'll talk or about is it right? Is it weird? But we'll talk about Meta and Facebook in just a second. First, I want to kind of talk about what the heck is a a metaverse, right? Uh, and I want to start with a distinction that Zuck himself made in that presentation. He says it's the next evolution of the web, right? Now, the web, as normal people know it, is just like a place to go view web pages. But as IT people know it, it's a, it's a lot deeper than that, right? Mm-hmm. There's technologies, there's standards, there's principles that it was founded on, right? And those principles, and I won't go into the depths of the principles, you can go look them up online if you want to, but when the web was created, the ideals that it, that were, that were basic, that it was basically founded on was that it was decentralized, that it was uh, a thing that was accessible. It didn't discriminate, right? So if you're, now obviously there's a certain bar to entry that's kind of hard to avoid, right? That bar's gotten lower as years have gone on with cloud providers and, you know, uh, fractions of a cent per hour uh, instances on Amazon. But um, the idea is that anybody could go stand up a website, get it on the internet. If they learned how, they learned the standards, they learned how to build a website, right? Um, so th- these were like the principles that were the, that were foundational when the web was being created, right? And those have evolved over time. You could argue that a lot of them are already almost irrelevant because the average kid trying to build a website on a machine under their desk in their, their bedroom, it's a little harder today than it was 40 years ago or 30 years ago, right? You look like you have something to say. I have a few things to say. Uh, first of all, no, I don't think it's harder for a kid in their bedroom to build a website. I think it's difficult to be seen by the entire planet, right. but I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. When Zuckerberg, here's my opinion, right? I'm not a psychologist, nor have I deeply studied what Zuckerberg said. But my gut is when he's saying that the metaverse is the next version, is the next version of the web, I don't think he's thinking in terms of open standards and and things like that. (laughs) I think he's talking about, because his version of the web is a place where people spend money. Yeah. Advertisers spend money and people are funneled into content that makes them buy things from these advertisers and every and even though it might appear that you're free you're actually not you know it, it's no small secret that people who use facebook are they themselves the product because it is their data that's driving advertising um things like that and and i'm going to admit it one of the gifts i bought my wife for christmas this year uh I saw a Facebook ad for it. Yes. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> that, I think she'd really like that. So, so yeah, I got kind of, I got kind of reeled in. So I think that's, I think. Uh, finish your statement. I, I was simply going to say that's the blessing and the curse of targeted advertising, right? It targeted is. advertising and, means you've, you've given up something at a, on a privacy level, but you've exchanged that for ads that are for products that you might actually care about. And I could don't argue have, is a good thing. I don't have a problem. When I'm honest with myself, I don't have a problem with that. Right. Right. Um, What I do have a problem with is people not realizing that there's a whole world beyond Facebook and Amazon 
and a couple of other websites that they might use day to day. Right? Jay Scar is talking because, about uh, the scene from Ready Player One where yeah, eighty nine percent ad coverage, eighty nine percent of ad coverage <laughs> because, before causing seizures. Right? Yeah. So, so I think what's, when Zuckerberg is talking about the the metaverse, he is IOI in the equation. He is thinking about a controlled community where, um, where ultimately he has the power through his company. Right. Now, the thing I do want to... Well, okay. So we, we've already started going into sort of the next topic, but I, I did want to just tie, sort of tie up the whole, like, background of Metaverse, right? right. Uh, and, and where I was going with the principles of the web thing. If you're going to call it the next evolution of the web, and if that truly is the next evolution of the web, then personally, I feel like there has to be some adherence to some of those ideals and standards. I now, think I th- I think it depends on what what you consider the web. When I started interacting with the web, this was the late nine late eighties early nineties. People were friggin' horrified whenever there was a sniff of commerce on the web. Right. I do you remember those days? I do. The early nineties, right? I do. And very quickly, very quickly, almost overnight, a lot of that changed. Suddenly, commerce on the web wasn't like a dirty word. So I think, to pull a Bill Clinton, it depends on what the definition of web is. That's right. really... that we, we, have to, we have to understand, when, when Zuckerberg says the next evolution of the web, what is he talking about when he says the web versus so, what are you talking about or what am I talking well, about? Because you and I are more old school when we're talking word, about the web. The word World Wide Web mm-hmm. is a term that references the collection of protocols and standards that make up the current web. Yes, that is so what if, you mean when you well, say no, the that's, web. Well, no, that's what the word World Wide Web means. That is what you mean. I am arguing that Zuckerberg doesn't mean that. Well, this is kind of the point I'm trying to make. He says it's the next evolution of the web. He does not call it Web 4.0 or something. He calls it the that, metaverse. Right. Which takes all of the history of the web and throws it away because now it's quote-unquote new. I agree. But part of my point for today is that it's not new. Meta and Facebook and Zuck, the evil android, are not the only people in this space, though that is what he led us to believe in his in his That is what he wants. Dissertation, right? Uh, and, and I've watched a couple of YouTubers. Uh, one of them is the Virtual Reality Channel. Bia, her name is. She's she's one of these VTubers that basically does a YouTube channel of herself in VR, right? This is the way that she does her her uh, her videos, right? She records herself in. She uses VR chat as her platform. We'll talk about platforms later. Um, but she talked. She basically did like a reaction video, and then she did like a recap video of the announcements from Zuckerberg. Um, and then there's. Uh, I'm blanking on the name now. I don't know. Damn it, I'm forgetting that he 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 is he does a VR channel that's that's less about being a VTuber and more about um just the concept of VR and like the hist- like the the future of VR and what's going on in VR. Uh Thrill Seeker, that's what he calls himself. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but they bo- both of these channels did sort of analysis of this announcement. And uh, both of them referred to it as like, you know how tech conferences or, or tech, um, I'm having trouble with words tonight. The how, how these announcements and how these events well you, usually there'll there'll be some ratio of like vision to some ratio of like tech announcements and things that are being worked on like right now and product releases and whatever. Okay. The the Facebook slash Meta announcement. Everybody was expecting them to just announce the next Oculus. Well, what's the next Oculus headset going to be? And there was almost nothing about hardware. It was all this like crazy vision thing about metaverse, right? And a lot of people basically they got the ratio wrong, right? Um, so, and because of that, a lot of the community or a lot of the VR community and the VTubing community and the people who are very interested in the in the future of VR were very let down by that whole announcement, whether they like Facebook and Meta and Zuckerberg or not, or whether they like the concept of a metaverse or not. Um, but anyway, that's kind of a rabbit trail I've already gone down. Um, Facebook slash Meta, I should just say Meta at this point, because Facebook is just one of the properties of Meta now. But Meta, has re- they have this page where they talk about building the metaverse responsibly, and it's linked in the show notes. Um, I can throw it in chat for, hang on a second here, for anybody who is actually in chat, looks like it's just Jscar. No, we got a couple other people on Twitch, so hi people on Twitch, but here it is. And some of the points that they address in that is specifically the stuff that we're worried about. You know, obviously they talk about content standards, they talk about uh, what is, like, how are they going to protect people from, like, hate speech and, you know, all the big hot-button points that Facebook is getting beaten up over right now. They also talk some about how to make the metaverse so it's not just owned by meta. Now, I don't know how much you want to believe that, but it is there. They do have it published, right? And I see you're shaking your head, and I, I agree with you. I, I feel like there is no future where meta has a a stake in building the metaverse, quote-unquote, the metaverse, the next generation of the web, where they are not somehow owners or somehow in control of things so that they can do things like mine data from people and advertise at people and make money off of it, because otherwise, why would they be doing it? Zuckerberg's not interested in just cool technologies anymore. He's interested in cool technologies that are the future that'll make him money, right? So, anyway... I went all around the <laughs> See, this is around the barrel all, on that. This is all about this is this is part of my expression a lot of this is bullshit. Yeah. Because this is this is about trying to create a sterile and safe and whatever. That's no. No. That's that's not no. So I'm the not, I'm not buying that's the way to approach it. The other thing I'm right. So one is and and this I don't want to sound like one of the cuz there there's definitely a negative connotation with f- people who talk about freedom of speech and Facebook. <laughs> right? Um there's a lot of people that say, "Oh, the fact checkers are just there to censor and, you know, uh I I'm not one of those people." Okay? Facebook is a closed ecosystem of Facebook's own properties and whatnot. And while they are slowly becoming a speech platform, 
you could argue they are a speech platform. They're still, it's still Facebook's platform, right? Sure. However, if you're making a world that is meant to be like online reality, right? And it's quote unquote open and a metaverse and not just a Facebook property or a meta property, um, you need to have freedom of expression and speech built into it, right? So if like every time I say a bad word, <laughs> it gets censored, right? That's not reality. You've now, you've now like made it this, like you were saying, this like sterile uh, environment that's safe for everybody and nobody's feelings will ever be hurt. And that's not reality, right? So um, anyway, I didn't really come prepared to talk about censorship online, but <laughs> it's one of the things that I, I do feel like, you know, as a parent, there are spaces where I want my children to be able to be protected from that style of stuff until they get older. Just because I don't personally feel that children should be exposed to things like that. I know some people feel differently. But that's your that's your call as their parent. Right. That yeah. I I yeah. And that is my point, right? So like if there's an underage version of the metaverse that has guardrails in place that help protect children from things like that, I think I'm okay with that. But once you hit maybe the age of consent, that stuff should either be off by default and you can turn it on if you want to, or it should not be imposed on us. Like the current filters and whatnot on Facebook are, are slowly becoming. So, right. yeah, no, I, and this is, this is why to me, the metaverse should not be Facebook 2.0, which is what I think a lot of people, you know, Facebook morphed into some virtual reality situation. Right. The metaverse should be what you and I mean when we say web. It should be about standards. Right. And when I say standards, I don't mean don't say fuck in public. I mean standards like TCPIP and HTML yeah. and HTTPS and stuff like that. And it should be distributed and it should be it should be millions and millions of diverse nodes that can communicate with each other, but that are not under any central authority or command. Right. I'm glad we're on the same page there, Mark. <laughs> Cause that's because that's exactly where this is. This whole conversation was meant to land where, because I don't think that's what Zuckerberg wants. It's not, it's not. So, you know, and that, that gets me exactly to the next bullet point, right? So that ideally, I think, is what we need. What we need is an open metaverse. And remember that term because we're going to talk about it later. I think we need an open, open. I've heard that before. Open metaverse. Yeah, right. It's almost like we work for a company that's all about open. Um, but the open metaverse is a term I'm going to use and a lot of other people are using to describe what Mark and I were just talking about, where it is a standards-based implementation of a virtual reality, or maybe not, maybe not VR in the strap on a headset way, but in an online uh, community, online world, right? So, so, and and so that leads to an interesting question, right? Because you and I, I know, we're both huge fans of Ready Player One, mm -hmm. and 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 the Oasis, which was always, if I remember correctly, was pretty much always presented as a virtualized experience where you were immersed in it, were there any situations where you would access the Oasis through like a flat screen device or something? At the very beginning of the book, when Wade is still living in the trailer and he has to hide his, uh, his, his, well, he has to basically go off to that other location where he, he right. his little clubhouse his secret, where he hangs out. His secret out. trailer. Yeah. Right. 
uh, he talks about how he had this hand-me-down laptop that he had like picked out of the trash and repaired. Even then, I think he referred to having gloves and a helmet. Yeah, gloves so and a visor. his his visual right. So so is is the metaverse to you? I'm asking Mark to Nate. Yeah. Is a critical part of the metaverse being a virtual experience where your monkey brain doesn't believe it's in Nazareth, Pennsylvania, but it believes it's somewhere else? I don't think so. Okay. Uh, so, And that's a legit in, answer. In Ready Player One, you have to remember, they're in the future, right? This is a future... Not that far ahead at this point. Right. It's a future of this world, right, where I think the intention of the author was to imply... Things like VR headsets and gloves were table stakes. That's like having a computer today. Yeah. Right? I think in today's world, the equivalent would be there needs to be a 3D world that you can hop into in a flat world, right? Where you've got keyboard, mouse, or maybe even a game console, right? Where you just log in and there you go, right? Like that's the because, base level honestly, of access. And I, re I realize they're a Facebook product, but the Oculus headsets... They're at about a two, a two or three hundred dollar yeah. price point, yeah. and I've not used one, but I'm told they're pretty good. Yeah. So I think I think it would be okay. To me, the metaverse part of the table stakes is the virtualized experience. The Oculus. But you and I are you and I are allowed to disagree on that. You could argue that the Oculus is not only cheaper than many smartphones on the on on the market; it's also cheaper it than is. just about any computer. Because it is. Because it is. And right? forget the fact that Facebook owns it. Right. Be, yeah. The, you know, be, it's just, a, I think it's a matter of time where you've got open VR headsets at that price point. Yeah. And that's that's kind of the point that Thrill Seeker makes, that one of the channels I talked about earlier. And I'm kind of wondering, and I apologize because I keep kind of talking on top of you because <laughs> my brain keeps firing. Yeah. I kind of wonder if we weren't still fighting with this pandemic and the supply chain issues and shortages and, you know, the chip shortages and stuff, if we wouldn't have a more accelerated move towards cheaper quality, non Zuckerberg VR devices. Look, I've moved away from Android, but um, Google had this. Do you remember Google Cardboard? Of course. Yeah, they abandoned it. If they I abandoned remember. it because Google has freaking ADD. They're like a squirrel. But when I bought my first Pixel, as a as a giveaway, as a gimme, as a as a as a bonus, I got the Google Daydream VR, which I still have in this closet. I can't use it anymore because no freaking phones support it. But it was Google Cardboard in an actual headset. Right? It was all fabric and padding and whatever. There was nothing fancy to it, except I think there was an NFC chip in it that would tell the phone that, hey, you're in the headset now. Uh, and it had a little controller. And super cheap, probably manufactured for like 10 bucks a pop. I think you could buy it for 30 bucks, right? And Google Cardboard was like five or 10 bucks or something, right? If you wanted that uncomfortable experience of having cardboard strapped to your face. Literally, all you did was take your smartphone, pop it into the stupid thing, and you're in a very low-scale VR. Well, you could do that. Uh, Nintendo did something similar with that. Yep. With the Switch. Yep. Which I'm forget. I forget whether Josh actually ended up getting that or not. Ah, uh, he might have. I, I don't remember, remember that. Where, where you could build like this thing where you'd put the Switch and the controller or the controllers into it, and then you could do stuff like I've got this weird mech suit thing now, right? Yeah. 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 
and use the switch is like you basically use the, the cardboard turn the switch into a weird ass VR headset. Right. The funny thing is, is the OLED switches are more expensive than an Oculus. And I think the regular switches are about the same price point as an Oculus. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we're getting there. VR is, VR is no longer a multi-thousand dollar investment. Right. And to be honest, even the, the quote unquote good VR, the good consumer VR, you can get into for about a grand. Yeah. The index, the headset itself yeah, is now, 500. You need a computer. And, well, yeah. Right, you need a computer yeah, with a decent true. graphics card, which will run you another grand or two, depending that's on the market. That's where you saw off your arm stuff. nowadays, yeah. Yeah, right, right. Um, but anyway, so did you saw off your arm on accident? No, I had some yellow tape on my arm. I'm like, what the it's hell just was that weird. From? Where did I find yellow tape? It was tape? weird. I don't know. <laughs> so anyway. Edith, get me a beer. <laughs> Archie! What's the funny? What's funny is that I remember what that's from. <laughs> You're not as young as you think. <laughs> Boy, the way Glenn Miller played. Songs that made the parade. <laughs> anyway. Like us, we had it made. So ideally, right, this, this is an open space where people, where it's decentralized and people can spin up their own VR worlds. On their own hardware, maybe, even if they want to, right? There's no platform. There's no company behind it. It's just like the web is today. You know my. You know what? You know one of my opinions about this already. I would argue that Minecraft right. is, is, a, is already a strong metaverse platform if you decide to use it as such. Right, and we'll talk about that in a minute, too. If we ever get to it, I keep saying a minute. We're, it's, it's probably an hour away at this point, guys. We're at seven forty-eight. <laughs> this is a multi-parter. So, well, I mean, I intentionally left the news light tonight, folks. So, if you want to hang out and hear the whole metaverse conversation, there may not be. We may not yeah. do the split. The iron like segment doesn't do light. So, also, I had to finish up my buffalo trace for my old bottle because my son-in-law to be got me a new one. So this is like double Buffalo Trace I'm drinking tonight. I'm, I'm, I'm doing rye whiskey tonight. I, I have a Second life, Jay Scar. You're absolutely right. Yes. Second life. I think you guys are getting ahead of me. You're getting ahead of me. Calm down. Okay. Calm down. Okay, so uh, I wanted to make a point to like, okay, that's ideally what Metaverse, open Metaverse could be. What we're being sold, however, are these closed worlds. I think they're going to be closed worlds. And I, I would argue that Meta's... Metaverse, Horizon, they're calling it. Horizon Worlds is out today. We talked about it on last week's show or last time's show. Mark, you weren't here, but okay. Horizon Worlds is out uh, and usable Oculus only. Ooh, what a coincidence. What a coincidence, right? And I tried digging to find out, is there any announcement that says this will eventually be cross-platform? Zero. I found nothing. Everything says Oculus. The goggles, they do nothing. The goggles, they do nothing. They are cheap, and they lock you into a freaking ecosystem that depends on meta. And I don't want to sound too, like, conspiracy theorist about this, but we've seen it from Facebook over and over and over again. They don't want you to leave dude, their platform. They want dude. you to be locked in. They want you to be on their platform, buying their stuff. It's not a conspiracy theory if it's, if it's true, true based exactly. on known behavior. Exactly. So, um, at any rate, there's Horizon Worlds, right? And uh, I have a whole list of different things that you could call metaverses today because I did some looking. I actually went um, 
memo list, right? It's this this infamous thing. Even people outside of Red Hat know it exists. It's this mailing list of where we can email all of Red Hat, essentially. Anyone who hasn't unsubscribed from Meta, from mail list. Unsubsquirrel. Uh, unsubsquirrel. Um, I asked there, because obviously we're an open company. We're a bunch of tech people. Uh, I was curious, like, who is looking into the metaverse? What can you tell me? I did that as part of the research for tonight's show. And I got a whole bunch of things that already exist today that you could call a metaverse, right? And we've talked all this point, and we still haven't really defined what a metaverse is, right? Like, what differentiates metaverse from just, like, Minecraft, right? And so I'm going to give you the names of three different uh, online worlds that exist today. They call themselves something like a metaverse. They don't always use the term metaverse, but it's the same concept, right? There's the sandbox is one of them. And that's not playable today. They just had an alpha that was open to people who paid a ridiculous amount of money. If that gives you any idea what, what kind of world. What, are they, star citizen? <laughs> if that gives you whatever, an idea of what kind of world they're going to build. Um, you had to have a quote-unquote alpha pass, which basically meant you spent thousands of dollars to buy land in the sandbox. Ain't nobody uh, got time for that. Then there's Decentraland, which is open today. Um, they have a common thread between the sandbox and Decentraland, and I'll talk about that in a minute. And there's another one called AXS. I think there was another name for it, but I didn't take the time to look it up before the show. I will try to get that and throw it into the uh, the show notes so you guys can go look at these th these three. There are probably more, but these are the three that I found that looked like they were either ready for use or close to ready for use. The one thing that all three of them have in common is not just that they're online worlds, not just that they're 3D spaces that you can log into and basically pretend that you have a second life, pun intended, uh, in this other world, but they have ownership built into them through blockchain. Right? So. Oh, the blockchain. I, well, hold on. I know it's a silly buzzword. We all like to joke about it, but. I can ask blockchains? Carrying an actual economy into a metaverse is, I think, one of the keys to calling it a metaverse. Right? Because, and you can argue whether you like that or not, but I think that that, when you look for the, when you look for metaverse type products or type worlds this is kind of the common thread is that they use a cryptocurrency right and they use blockchain to track ownership of, of nft assets you've heard nfts i'm sure uh because everyone's joking about oh i can own digital whatever whatever i think the future is that artwork today is nfts in the future right so like the mona lisa you could say like who cares it's a piece of art it's pretty whatever People pay a ton of money for stuff like that because it's pretty and whatever. I think NFTs are the future of that. And NFTs are going to move into things like advertising space in the metaverse, land so, ownership in the metaverse, physical so storefronts I'm, in the metaverse. So, so I'm going to humor you a little bit because okay. I'm trying to assume positive intent. And there <laughs> are some intrig so with the proper use of open standards based around blockchains and NFTs, that could be a glue that binds together. yes. <laughs> different, different, um, what are we going to call, like, if I stand up a piece of metaverse, what do I call that? Is that an instance? Is that a, a, a world? Is that, so if it's the metaverse, that a, a universe it's has, a has stars, <laughs> planets, whatever. Yeah. So calling, calling an individual instance. So MC parks could be a world inside of a larger metaverse. 
Minecraft has the ability to transfer you to a different server that that relationship has been set up on. I keep coming back to Minecraft because Minecraft illustrates something to me that's very important about the metaverse. Logging into a virtual reality game. So No Man's Sky is not a metaverse. And I say that because it's a self-contained game. It's a self-contained universe. To play No Man's Sky, you need to own No Man's Sky. And you really can't do anything but be in that lovely holodeck. Minecraft is a generic client, just like a word processor. I bought a client. And on a word processor, I can write a poem. I can write a book report. I can write a performance review. I can write the next novel. Minecraft, you can create pretty much any type of world you want. And anybody else who bought the generic Minecraft client can connect to your world and have the experience that you were trying to share. You see what you see where I'm going with 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 the difference yeah. there? Yep. And and so to me, the idea of a of software around the metaverse are clients and servers that much like web servers, Apache doesn't care if it's serving an e-commerce site, if it's serving furry porn, if it's serving children's videos. It's just doing HTTP and HTTPS and the scripting and stuff. And and so to me, the important thing for nerds like us to focus on uh, is building the frameworks and building the clients and the servers that take the place of Apache and Netscape. Ooh, I just called something out that's really old. So what are what are going to be the next Apache server and Netscape browsers for the metaverse? Uh, and so to me, I think to me one of the closest things that is in the public mind is something like Minecraft. Now, obviously some people would laugh about that. Some people would never accept it because it's, you know, the Lego block worlds, but you know, other people have talked about second life. Second life was the same thing almost. Right. Well, second life depended on their servers. You, you couldn't it host did. your own essentially. Right? That's I, true. I should say, I shouldn't talk about it in the past sense. Second life is still alive. People still play. Okay. It's still out there. There's even a VR client for it. I just hear it's really bad. But but if if so so if there are people working on and I think you've done a little research on this already. If there are people working on clients and servers to build worlds inside of a shared metaverse, that's how you that's how you get around the zuck, right? Yeah, I think you're that's, right. That and that to me is really important. It would be super easy because you know that the Zuck is going to pour gajillions of dollars into this one metaverse to rule them all. And Aunt Betty is going to be convinced that, oh, if I want to see my nephew with the metaverse and attend his birthday party at Fairy Park World in the metaverse, then I need to use my Oculus 7, you know, and have my and have my meta account. But it can be better than that. It really can be. It should be something based on open standards, open clients, open servers that people can that that kid, that ridiculously creative kid can can he or she can just build an amazing experience for people to. And, and, he, and it doesn't it doesn't have to go through. It doesn't have to, like, go through Zuckerberg and, and whatever. That's Ugh. that's the point. Right. There shouldn't be a gatekeeper to the metaverse. There should not be someone who is controlling the whole thing and pulling the string. Now, you could argue your Minecraft example is very good. It gets almost there. The piece that it's missing 
So it still requires the purchase of the Minecraft client from Microsoft, which is a relatively small purchase, right? It's like you know, 20 bucks or something. We're in a world where Microsoft's no longer the biggest asshole on the planet. <laughs> it's scary, right? <laughs> right? I'd rather give money to Microsoft than to Facebook a hundred times over. Right, right. And I think there, to, there's but, always going to be your... some cost involved in entering the metaverse, right? Whether that's equipment like a VR headset and a computer well, even if it's you use purchase of software, yeah, right? Even if you use even if you use free software, even if you use free software, you still need hardware to run it on. I mean, that's always been the case. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It really is. So um, we've gone way down. We're only halfway through my thing, but my 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 <laughs> my outline here. But I think uh, we're we're getting to the point, right? So um, I wanted to talk a little bit about things that exist today that are very similar. To are you a metaverse? Are you keeping me on track, or am I dragging you places where you didn't want to go? No, it's okay. This is a great discussion, and I, I hope the okay. listeners agree. But um, there are several things today that you could argue are very similar to a metaverse. Uh, they don't have some of the pieces that we've talked about. They don't have blockchain. They don't have ownership, right? They don't have the ability to own stuff, at least in a more traditional financial sense. Uh, and to be honest, I'm not sure that I want that in the metaverse, because that's a barrier, right? So the sandbox, for example, and Decentraland, it's, it's a very high price point to get in because you need to own a cryptocurrency, and cryptocurrencies are not an inexpensive thing to get into right now uh, because you can't just go mine coin like you used to. And buying it because it's such a hot commodity, a single Bitcoin is like five figures, isn't it? It's gotten crazy. It's like fifty-four grand or something. I thought. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I haven't Mary followed that Bros. closely. But for a point, it was really high for a point. Even Ethereum, which is what uh, the sandbox, I think it was, is based on. It's like over a grand for a single coin. And to buy land is a grand or two or more. To buy like simple things in these worlds is very expensive right now. And and I don't like that. I don't like. I don't. The financial yeah, system it, of the real world kind of sucks. I don't want to see it carried over into a virtual world for bits. If people want to build those worlds and people want to pay, that's okay. But there, it, but there should always be the ability for someone to just give it away for free. Right. And I think that that is in a, just like it's a – if I have a car and I want to give it to you, it's a matter of signing it over to you. Right. I think what we're in right now is there's people who are being opportunistic. Yes, you're probably so, right. And that's why the prices let, look so high at the moment. I'm going to pull. Let me pull up a chair and tell you a story. Right. You, I've talked about my Neverwinter Nights world. Right. Yeah. We talked about that in the past where I made Nordok. It was one of the it was a persistent world, which was something that was really exciting. The idea that in 1999 you could you could basically have a, a, a your very own almost an MMO that you host it either on a machine in your house or. or That's another great my, example of a metaverse, by the way. Yeah, like, right. By your definition, you, the the the, it, the Minecraft, it almost is. right? Same idea. Anyway, go ahead. It almost is, but there were I I had to make a choice. Um, did I want to try and monetize my efforts, or did I want to share them with as few restrictions as possible? And I thought about it quite a bit. 
And my decision was not only am I going to not ever charge people to play in Nordoc, but I ended up giving a version of the world away for free right. under an open source license where I said, you are welcome to stand this up yourself. You're welcome to modify it. You're welcome to, to, to do whatever you want. Just make sure that somewhere you give me credit for the original world. I basically GPL'd it. Right. And so many persistent worlds, people put a lot of effort into them. They died never to be seen again. You can still play on Nordoc today in many, in different flavors. If you fire up old school, never winter nights, because you gave it away. And because there's there's people that are passionate about seeing that, whether it's for nostalgia or just because they like the principles, right? Now I want to see that up and running. Might I have been able to monetize it in some way to make my life a little more comfortable or even to have made a chunk of money that would have been significant? I, I don't know. But even if I knew I could have done that, this was when I was like really new to Linux and new to open source and it resonated with me and it felt like the right thing to do to share it. Right. And I think what we're seeing with some of the and God bless these metaverse folk who are charging. It's their right to do it. Mm-hmm. I'd love free enterprise. You know, America, I, I, I that that's that's part of our system. You're allowed to do that. But I think what you're seeing is you're seeing some folk who are like, oh, I'm in sort of on the ground floor here. That that's when you can really maybe strike it rich. So that's what I'm choosing to do. Right. And and it's ring it's not resonating with you because I think like me, you're more of a person who is like things should be shared even if you don't make bank on them. It comes down to the same principles, I think, that were laid down when the web was founded. That there should not be a bar to entry. If I have a cheap piece of crap computer, I should be able to implement a web server, and host simple HTML pages and run a website. Maybe it's a pain in the ass. Maybe it gets compromised over and over again because there's assholes out there on the on the internet. But that's exactly how I got started in IT. It's exactly how I became passionate about this kind of stuff, right? It's how I built a career. I was curious and the stuff was attainable, right? If this truly is the next iteration of the web, I don't want a kid with the same passions that I had to not be able to get into it because they need Ethereum, which is too expensive for them. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Because they they can't establish a space in the metaverse because they don't have money or because it's just too much money. Right? So, so what they won't be able to do is establish a space in that particular world of the metaverse. Right. Like I'm a big believer in if like I own Disney vacation club and I'm not saying that to flax. I got to the point in my life where I have enough discretionary income that I can do things like buy Disney vacation club and use Genie Plus and buy Lightning Lane passes so that me and my son-in-law can be guaranteed entry to the Rise of the Resistance. My counterpart, who was tw- who would have gone 20 years ago, tw- you know, 35-year-old Mark, couldn't have done that. Right. I would have had to do Disney on a budget. 
and I might be annoyed that I have to wait in this big line. So, so there, there are barriers for certain experiences in life. I agree with you that the metaverse itself should consist of standards and clients and servers that don't require and heavy investments. Right. When people build their worlds, they can absolutely put up a gate and and charge admission. But oh yeah, right. The same way that, that someone can buy land that, and make it private property. The same way someone can buy land and build Disney on it. Right. But there's but for every Disney, there's thousands of acres of public land that people can go out and hike or bike or off road or whatever. Absolutely. You know what I mean? That's that's my point, right? There should not be a bar to entry for everything, right? And maybe that's not the way these things are going to turn out. Maybe it'll just be that the poor kid in the metaverse doesn't own property, but they can still experience it, right? But they, but the 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 in this in this in this uh, comparison, property is kind of like a website, right? Mm -hmm. And in a world thirty years ago when I was tinkering around with setting up a website, it was, I've already got a computer. I can stand up a web server on it and I can put some simple HTML on there. And sure, that's not a great way to build a web server, but it was possible. So, so, all right. I guess, so some of these, some of these uh, starting metaverses you've already found. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's barriers to entry. So those are obviously not going to be acceptable for our for our young poor nerd. So so what do we see? Are are there efforts happening now to make more of an open, accessible to all metaverse platform? Funny you should mention that. There's a couple things. First of all, I, well, I read to, the show notes. Yeah, I wanted to talk about things that exist today that are kind of metaverse adjacent. Like, I don't know if you'd call them a metaverse, and they certainly don't fit the standard that we just sort of loosely defined in our conversation sure. tonight. But they have attributes that, but, right. would put, that would put them adjacent. So yeah. Second Life is one, and that's been around for 15 years or so. I don't know when it was founded, but I remember tinkering around in Second Life um, before my kids were born, right? And my oldest is 11, so... This one goes to 11. Right, this one goes to 11. That one goes to 11. The other one only goes to 7. But anyway, um, Second Life is very similar in that, you know, you can't stand up your own server to run your little pod on, but you can certainly own land there. You can build on that land. You can script on that land. You can make, like, people make video games in Second Life as a, as a platform, right? And that's pretty cool, right? It's not VR. Uh, there's no blockchain. There's no whatever. There's, there is a currency in Second Life that can be translated to real-world dollars, which I thought was kind of groundbreaking and pretty cool at the time. Um... But anyway, so that exists. It's still out there today. I don't know if it's going to live on forever, but it is still a thing, you know, that that is is interesting if you want to go poke around at it. VR chat. I know you have some opinions about VR chat, but bear with me for a sec. VR oh, chat. I... Uh, VR chat. At, and, and I was just talking to the mentor in our in our uh, our discord. Discord! earlier today Discord. because he's he's got himself an oculus that he got as a gift right so to talk about the low bar of entry of the the price of oculus he got one as a gift from the company he works for which is pretty awesome uh but anyway um vr chat 
is at face value, it's like IRC from the 90s, where you walk into a chat room and there's just all kinds of people talking about all kinds of things. There's no filtering. There's no... I... I think VR chat is absolutely if it's if it's not its own metaverse, it's definitely metaverse adjacent. Right. I don't have a problem with it with the text and stuff. I just think people have done some have created some content that I find yeah, personally you've, horrifying. You've already brought up but furry that's okay. porn. <laughs> you've already but that's okay. Up, you've already brought up furry porn. The number of people that I have run across in VR chat that are furries <laughs> It's like crazy. I guess it's and, a thing now. <laughs> and, and and dude, that is completely cool. If that's your thing, right. God bless you. It's not my thing. <laughs> yeah. But although it's, Jesus, it's very, Jesus is like, I didn't die for that sin. It's very but, much there. <laughs> yeah. Um so but but from a tech standpoint. So that that's what I was it's getting pretty, at. It's pretty killer. The neat thing yeah. about and VR again, remember, chat. I'm the guy I'm the guy who a half hour ago railed against content being restricted and sanitized. Right, right. right. So, so I, I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend that you let your kids wander around in VR chat. But well, my, um, my youngest is 19 now. So well, okay, your kids I meant but I, I meant I more mean, of I, a generalized kids as like kids maybe below 13 or below 18. I mean I might not be old enough for VR chat. I don't know. <laughs> you may not be. It is an interesting experience though, because you can go to a nightclub in VR chat. You can go I to. Actually, a, I, I literally played 18 holes of mini golf in VR chat the other night. I told you, know you about this. I I, vi- I have visited some places in VR chat that are actually pretty cool. It's pretty amazing. I, and my my point is, I should I should get I should check it out. And things, see how things have progressed. Things like your avatar and what you look like in VR chat is not only customizable, but you can get if you're familiar with Unity. You uh, you've probably seen it because it's a game development platform. Uh, if you can develop oh, yeah. things in Unity, they can become VR worlds and avatars in VR chat, right? So you can design your own avatar in a free tool called Unity, right? 3D modeling stuff, right? You can, in fact, I think you can make them in Blender and bring them into Unity and then put them on VR chat. Uh, so, so you can make your own avatar. So you can literally look at however you want, right? And then you can make worlds in VR chat. Uh, again, in Unity, uh, with scripting and everything, right? So it's it's a really, I don't want to call it an open platform because it's not open in the open standard that we're accustomed to, like I open understand. source. It's But it is open in a way that you can design your own world. You can design what you want to experience uh, within VRChat. It's actually a really intriguing platform. It is also free, not free as in beer. Well, free as in beer. It's not free as in freedom. Because it is a closed, as far as I know, closed source application that is run by a company that you can purchase better tiers of access to and whatever. <laughs> tiers. Tiers. It's that kind of tiers. Um, anyway, it's neat. It's it's worth looking into if you're curious about that kind of thing. The, the comparison I made to 90s IRC is simply that it's like an evolution of that same concept where you've got all these little rooms based on interests and whatever, except now they're virtual worlds. Right. And all of the caveats that come along with that. You're meeting with people that are unfiltered. They may be clothed or not, <laughs> maybe furries or not. <laughs> and they're, what they say is not filtered in any way. It's just like walking into a bar um, with a bunch of other adults. Right. So it's not the sort of thing that you want 
miners uh, exposed to. Um, but anyway, uh, so VR chat, Roblox. Believe it or not, uh, you may not be familiar with Roblox because your I kids are older. I am familiar with Roblox. My son Josh spent a fair amount of time there okay. with it. So Roblox is another neat example. Uh, it's not VR, but it's it is accessible from like phones and even a client on your PC. People can make worlds. They can make games within Roblox. My kids spend a ton of time in Roblox. It's got its own currency that you just simply like purchase currency and then use. I don't think it's translatable back to real world currency. Like you can't sell Robux to get money back. I don't think. Uh, but that's another example of a thing that's very similar to VR chat. In fact. My kids asked because we were they wanted to go play Beat Saber one night and they're like, "What's VR chat?" I'm like, "Well, one, it's not a place for you to play around in, and two, it's like Roblox for adults." And they instantly got it. <laughs> they instantly understood what I meant when I said that. Um, Minecraft, like you talked about, that's another another case, you know. And you may argue that that's even closer to what we might envision as an open metaverse. Um, I'm curious if anybody has any other examples that they think falls into this. So if you want to reach out and let us know if there's some other cool world or thing online that uh, that you've seen that seems like it would be, uh, you know, in line with the sort of things that we've just talked about, let us know. I'm just kind of curious. Let us know. Let us know. But the, Drop a note in the chat. Right. The last point I wanted to make, that, and you know us, that doesn't mean we're at the end of talking about this. It may be. It may not be. The last point I wanted to make is that there is a open metaverse foundation that exists today. There's a link for it in the show notes. Um, it's not as active as maybe we might want it to be, but I think their goal, and I haven't looked deeply into them, but I think that their goal is to basically define the standards that we talked about at the beginning, Right. Mm -hmm. If you circle all the way back to the beginning, go go rewind uh, an hour and a half or whatever it's been since we started talking. Hour and 10 minutes. Hour and 15. (laughs) So when I talked about the standards and the ideals that the web was based on, these folks are trying to re-implement that in a metaverse. Right. So I think we should all have an interest in that. I think we should all check that out. Uh, if they don't go anywhere with it, I think that it is still an ideal that we should probably try to bring into existence, right? We need an open metaverse that can, that, that is built on the same standards that the original web was built on, which is that it's accessible, that it's, that, that the bar to entry is low, that it's decentralized, that people that want to run their own world can do so without a, without a high bar without like a crazy uh, crazy high bar to entry, right? I think that's what the metaverse needs to be. I also suggest, and I'm not the first one to say this, so this isn't like something I'm coming up with. I suggest that we don't call it a metaverse because that's what Zuckerberg is banking on. He renamed his freaking company to try to align with this thing that he's trying to stake a claim in. I think we all have a vested interest in making sure he does not succeed. Now, I'm not saying we need to go break Facebook or hack into Zuckerberg's bank account and make sure he can't do this stuff. I'm simply suggesting that this is our future we're talking about. If this truly is the next iteration of the web, then we need to make sure that it's not owned by a company like Facebook. In the same way that we need to make sure the web is not owned by a company like, I don't know, Amazon or some cloud provider or something. These are ideals that I think are foundational to making this a truly open online community for the future. 
So this is not great because uh, www.openmetaverse.org does not resolve in DNS when I click it. Well, it should. Well, I mean, I'm not saying it should technically. I'm saying that somebody the site could not be reached. No, the the thing that's DNS in the address could not be found. The thing that's in the show notes is literally a GitHub address. Yeah, no, I went to the GitHub address and I clicked on the URL for the open open. Oh, okay. So it's a URL that, they sent that, you to and it doesn't work. That's awesome. Yeah, it looks like <laughs> it's it looks like now it could just be my connection, but mm, that's fun. Yeah, I, I didn't, don't know. I thought that was working. See if that link works for you. Look, the GitHub link works. Yeah, the GitHub link. The, yeah, openmetaverse.org. You're see right. If that, this site see can't that, be reached. DNS address could not be found. So the Zuck is trying to take out his enemies already. The Zuck Master. is trying to take out his enemies already. Don't let the Zuck win. Don't let the Zuck win. Anyway, my point is that if Open Metaverse doesn't succeed, someone needs to. There needs to be an Open Metaverse standard. Um, if they don't make it happen... I mean, are you going to be the Richard Stallman of the open metaverse? Uh, no, <laughs> but I do think that. So, using your example of Minecraft, um, if someone were to take something like Minecraft and make it a more what's the word I'm looking for a more realistic experience, I think that that could absolutely be the 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 open metaverse that we talk about. That same concept, maybe not based on Java, because <laughs> Java sucks. <laughs> no, definitely not based on Java. But, the, I mean, Minecraft runs on, like, anything. Think about that. Minecraft runs, like, you, you can have a tablet that runs Minecraft. You can have, like, your computer runs Minecraft. There's a VR port of Minecraft. Uh, you can probably get Minecraft on, like, a freaking watch if you really wanted to. I don't know. Because it's, it's and that's because it's based on Java. But the point is, it's it's accessible. Just about anybody can use Minecraft, right? If we take that principle and the decentralized nature of Minecraft and the ability to link to other servers that Minecraft has, I haven't tried that myself, but I trust you when you say that it exists. Like that, that's a great model for a metaverse. And to be honest, I don't really want a real world economy. I don't want that to translate over. Now, having that may make it more attractive to business. It might help it succeed better. It might actually help fund things if it can be designed in a way that it's not a bar to entry, but it is a thing that you know companies can spend money on in the same way that the real world uses land ownership and advertising bulletin boards and whatever, right? I don't know. Uh, I'm not saying I have all the answers. I'm just saying that like this conversation has made me think that's probably a really good way to go. And I feel like there may be people listening Thank to this show that are capable of making that kind of thing happen. Are there developers out there? I don't know. Maybe we should should lobby with uh, with Red Hat to make an open metaverse. I don't think we're that interested in an open metaverse. I don't think it's our part of our core business. <laughs> You're probably right. There are definitely centers of practice, which is an internal Red Hat thing. There's one around gaming. There is. Entities of practice, sorry. There is. So if we want to look into after the break, not the show break, the holiday break uh a, 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 an open metaverse community of practice that'd be pretty that awesome be, we might be able to kick something off that'd be pretty awesome so folks i think that's all i had to say about the metaverse and vr we're an hour and a half in <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm glad i kept the the news section i 
tight. <laughs> I think it's a really, really, really important topic. It is. And I think that there's going to be way too many people who don't realize how much of a shift it might be and how much people mentally are already seeding the victory. Yeah. You know, C-E-D-I-N-G to Zuckerberg. I had a conversation. And to hell with that guy. To hell with that guy. I had a conversation with a friend. He doesn't deserve it. And this friend is not in the tech space. He's actually a jeeper. He also happens to be interested in cryptocurrencies, which is why I had this conversation with him. Mary Kay for bros. I asked him him if he had heard about the concept of a metaverse. And the first thing he said was that he really wants to get an Oculus so that he can be in the metaverse. Oh, he's poisoned. He's already poisoned. And I said, well, wait, there's other options. There's better options. And he says, yeah, but, but Zuckerberg's already won. Meta. I'm like, no, 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 don't, don't spread that. <laughs> like, that's not the way it should be seen. But he's a guy outside of the tech space. There's already people that are, that are not you and I, people that are outside of tech, people that are looking at, people that are just like average Facebook users and whatever, that have already basically decided that Oculus and Meta are the metaverse. That scares oh. me. It's an uphill battle for sure, but it's yeah. a battle worth having. I think that if the battle's not already lost, now is when to have it. So, yeah. Anyone listening that's passionate about uh, basically the future of online commerce, which is what this could turn into, uh, should be very interested in what happens in the next year or so, I think, surrounding the metaverse. Maybe a year is, is, is you know, a condensed timescale, because even Mark Zuckerberg was talking about possibly decades, right? But I think that now is the time to fight that fight. And again, I'm not saying anybody should go out and try to take down Meta, at least not in illegal ways. <laughs> I'll be clear yeah. about that. I'm talking about defining Making what viable, this is and, and... Viable alternatives. Right, being passionate about viable alternatives and open standards, I think is now... This is basically the fight that had to be fought 30 years ago with open source software. And who won, by the way? I think eventually open source software won, but it was not an easy battle. No, but open source eventually won. Yeah. So I'd, it'd be nice if we learned from the past and make the future open to begin with, but I don't think that's the way it's going to happen. I think what we're going to end up with is things like the Sandbox and Decentraland and Horizon, and they're all going to be these separate little sandboxes. It's ironic that one of them is called literally the Sandbox. Um, they're going to be these separate little worlds, gated communities, that don't inter- that don't talk to each other, and you're gonna have to pick one, and the one you pick is the one you're gonna be invested in, and then you can't talk to the people in the other ones because they're isolated and walled off. And that's not what we need. What we need is an open world that anybody can get access to on any device, whether it's through a flat client or a or a or full full on VR headset or a freaking haptic suit and one of those those omnidirectional. <laughs> You know, treadmill things that you can get for VR. Anyway, I'm starting to rant now. But I think you guys get the point. I think that now is the time Mm -hmm. to make sure that the metaverse does not turn into something owned by a company that wants to make a ton of money off of it instead of owned by the people where I think it should be. (laughs) How's How's your bourbon looking? Are you out of it yet? It's empty. My It's empty. My old fashioned's almost you, empty too. I'm down to the cherry. My <laughs> liver is now processing it and I really don't want to crack open the new Buffalo Trace, so 
Right. But I am comfortably numb right now, as my our friends in Pink Floyd would say. Indeed. So, folks, well, I also I also got up extra early today for reasons we'll talk about. In a oh, right. We'll talk about that in a moment. So I think that's all we have to say about metaverses and open metaverses and whatever. Uh, if anybody's passionate about this stuff, reach out to us in any of the ways that you reach out to us on social media or join our Discord. Discord! Discord! And, and we can we can chat. Um, I, I really think there might be something to the idea of getting a community of folks within Red Hat that are talking about this. I, and that's... Because if we can infest IBM... Yeah. There's our Goliath. Yeah. So, at any rate, folks, we're going to go to a break. Hopefully the the, the, the scene here in, uh, in Streamlabs for the break works properly on this new machine. Maybe there, maybe there won't be music. I think there will be, though. I don't know. So, uh, if there's no music, I'm sorry. I'll fix it next time. Anyway, folks, we will be back shortly with the chat and whatnot. I hope you guys have enjoyed this conversation, and uh, please reach out if you have any interest in helping found a proper open metaverse. Uh, not that I say that I'm going to start one, but if we could, that'd be pretty awesome, I think. So, uh, anyway, yeah. Let me hit this button, and folks, we will be back in, well, however long it takes us to come back. (laughs) 